0: This is The Dealer Playbook. Hey, hey, this is Michael Cirillo. Welcome to The Dealer Playbook podcast, session number 73, where every week we are sitting down with experts, trainers, consultants, and marketers, providing creative strategies for you, Today's Advanced Automotive Professionals. Thank you so much for, for being here today. We absolutely appreciate it. But listen, before we jump into our guest, I have some really exciting stuff I want to tell you about. First, uh, you know, let me just say Robert wishes he could be here. No, he didn't call in sick, but he sends his best and, uh, you'll hear from him during the interview with our guest today. But like I said, we have some really cool stuff we want to tell you about. First, Robert, myself, um, the entire DPB team—we've been heads down working on something that we think you guys are going to absolutely love. In fact, it's it's about a topic that we hear more than any other topic. Barn on—it's something that Robert especially is known for. But um, well, you know what we've done is we've actually put together a free live masterclass where Robert's going to show you how to create your personal brand and actually earn. Six figures selling cars in 2016. No, this is not a pipe dream. There are many, many people that we work with who are creating six figure incomes in the automotive industry. So in this masterclass, we're going to be looking at everything from the 10 proven steps to create and monetize your personal brand, but also, you know, other things like how you can stop chasing customers and start attracting fresh opportunities. Sounds pretty good, right? Like I said, we're, we're just super excited about this. If you can't tell already, we'd love to invite you to attend. All you have to do is visit www.thedealerplaybook.com forward slash webinar to reserve your seat. And listen, man, all I can tell you is you're going to want to stay tuned and, and stay in there till the end because we actually have a really top secret cool bonus for live attendees only so again www.thedealerplaybook.com forward slash webinar we we absolutely think you guys are going to love what we're talking about there okay so I think you guys are also going to really love who we've lined up for you today, especially because of the subject matter. It's a, it's a topic that I know you, me, everyone on the planet has experienced at some point or another. We probably experience it every single month, and we hear a lot of people talking about this. So we're thrilled to welcome back the Louisville Chevy dude, Mike Davenport, to the show. In this episode, we're we're uh you know talking about how to get over the slump, the 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 downturn, the when the walls come crashing down. You're gonna actually hear Mike talk about the things he does to pull out of the slump and dominate the market, which you know he can go undisputed, and I, I will attest he absolutely does. So we're excited also to hear what you guys think about this episode, but for now, let's just dive in. Here we go. <laughs> And we're here sitting down now with Mr. Mike Davenport, Louisville Chevy dude, and the Corvette expert. Man, you have been busy. You've been a little bit of a road warrior lately, but uh, super excited to have you back on the show.
1: Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here again.
0: Yeah, this time, uh, let, let's see. You, you sold one Corvette the last time we were talking on the show. Uh, let's see if we can bump that up to two this time just to kind of... Yeah, we're good luck. <laughs> good
1: we'll, luck. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. If he the topic of today is, is, uh, is what I'm actually experiencing myself the last two days. So, so, uh, we'll okay. So this is, that. this is cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. So
0: we wanted to just ask you, I mean, this is, this is something that every salesperson experiences. I mean, you're, I mean, you're out there, everyone sees you. I mean, uh, obscurity isn't a huge problem for you, especially when it comes to social media and everybody's been following you lots of shout outs. Um, I think, you know, you are, the example salesperson that's working the front lines right now but like you said the topic of today we wanted to pick your brain is how do you deal with the slump because there's there's hundreds of thousands of of car sales professionals out there who are coming off a poor month they probably psyched themselves up for a strong November or whatever uh, and they might finish you know they might experience a slump too. how do you deal with that what's your what's your strategy how do you how do you kinda go through those those time periods
1: well, I think the very first thing is the more activity you do, the, the more results you get. You know, I always infamously, I always say is uh, the more I do, the luckier I get. So, you know, I just stay focused and, and not get in these groups and these huddles and the six car club that's in every dealership. You know, I just don't get with those guys and, and just do more and more activity. Um, when I'm slow, the biggest things I do is I start pounding social media you know, with, with just different things. If you see me post six, seven, eight times in a day on You're social slow. media, <laughs> I am slow. Um, cause I don't have that time to post six, seven, eight times a day. I do get, I do get two or three out every day, but, uh, you know, when I'm slow, I'll start posting things and and nonstop communicating with people and, the best way that I do it is, is through text message and email. I mean, I could sit there and hammer, you know, 20, 30 people at one time and say, hey, what are you doing? What, with, I talked to you two months ago. What you're thinking? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever the case may be, I can just do more through text message and email than I can picking up that phone and making the phone calls.
0: What do you think contributes to the slowness? Because, I mean, somebody, somebody such as yourself in the position you're in where you're, I mean, you're, you know, hat tricks are, you know, consistent for you, you've got a lot going on, lots of movement all the time. what all of a sudden you know contributes to the standstill in your opinion
1: i think I think it takes uh when you're taking people out of the market, you know if you're calling your lease prospects that are you know three and six months out with the different programs that you know gm has we you know we have pull ahead programs. I'm sure other manufacturers have similar programs, but you know you're pulling some people out or you're just you know You know, they always said, you know, 16 years in this business. Come January for me, that I've always been told and always been taught that the best time to sell a car is right after you sold one. You you know, so (laughs) if you keep selling cars and and just things keep falling into place, so I think a lot of times when you're real, real busy and you sell, you have a great month of the month before. All of a sudden, that next month comes around and you're slow, and you don't know what's what's going on. And um, kind of like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, that's kind of what I'm experiencing now. I, I came in and and uh, yesterday I didn't sell a car. I haven't sold a car yet today. So you that's went, you only that's worked a half the me. month,
2: right? Last month I did, too. I
1: did. I sold. I delivered 31 cars. Yeah. Well, um, I started, see what happens I is. Night.
2: What do you think of this, Mike? See, what I think is a lot of times when you are busy and you're the, a one-man show and you're doing 30 and a half a month, 15 days, whatever, like it's, it's hard to, to be doing that, delivering the, that amount of you know cars, working with that amount of prospects, even if you're working the full month and still be planting seeds for next month.
1: Oh, absolutely! You know, when when my dealership, one thing that we talk about because we're such a we're such a large dealership, we're in the top 150 for Chevrolet in the nation. So one thing that we talk about on a, on a routine basis, especially coming to like March time, April time, when we start getting out of that winter months, is we'll talk about CSI. So you know, because we're all busy and we forget to make that follow up call to that customer on CSI. Our customers all love us, but you know, we unfortunately we have to plant that seed. For CSI to get the best marks, because customers just don't know. So it's exactly the same thing when you're doing so much work, you're not maybe making that follow up call or a follow up text because you're focusing on who's in front of you and not who's not at the dealership. Yep.
0: Exactly. Okay. So what are the uh, what are the activities that you would do then? I mean, you said email, social media. What kind of messaging are you putting out there? Because I think. That's where a lot of people, I think, struggle. They just don't know what to say, where to say it, where to distribute it. What 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 would a typical slow day, you know, these six to eight messages, what would they look like?
1: They're very, very basic, and, and I think that's what's key with, with when you're touching base with somebody that maybe you haven't talked to in a while or that you feel inside you, oh, gosh, I haven't talked to them in four days, and they were hot four days ago, you know, I just follow up with them and say, hey, just wanted to touch base and see what you're thinking on this Camaro or this Equinox or this used car, you know? You know, when you can sit there and just be a generic, quick text message or a very quick email, because that's all we have time for, that allows the dialogue to happen. Well, Mike, I'm I'm off that car. I'm I'm moving on to something different. Or, or you know, hey, actually, my wife and I talked about. I was going to call you today. You know, just basic stuff. You know, you don't have to have this elaborate long email. You don't have to have this elaborate long text. Um, you know, our 140 character text messages are are long gone in the past. But still, I mean, a short, quick text message. Is, hey, wanted to follow up with. With you, what are you thinking about this car? What can we do to put a deal together? You know, stuff like that.
0: Okay, so and let me ask you just from your own perspective how many cars do you have to push a day for you to feel safe and feel good about your day?
1: My goal is always one car a day. It's all that's every day I walk into the building. I just want to sell one car today. I don't focus on a month. Everybody, I've seen in a lot of these groups, I'm in. I see everybody's like, what's your goal for November? Who cares what my goal for November is? Focus on selling one car per day. If you can come in and sell one car a day and you work 26 days a month, boom, there you go. There's 20. There's 26 days. There's 26 cars out. If you work all 31, there's 31. But the likelihood of us, back to what I said a minute ago, the likelihood of when you sell a car, the best time to sell one is right afterward. The likelihood of you selling something again that day is extremely high. So you just focus on coming in and saying, Hey, I got one car to sell today. Who am I going to sell it to? I'm going to follow up with this person, this person, this person, and be done with it. One thing I do too, and this this is a little old school, but I literally have a top 10 list that I print out that I'll write 10 prospects who I think are going to buy cars. And, I'll, and that, those are the first 10 people that I follow up with. If I'm in the slow, if I'm slow, like I, I am the last two days. I'll sit there and write, okay, Bob, Jeff, Smith, you know, whatever the case may be, I need to follow up with these people and I make sure I follow up with them.
2: That's good because then you don't get bogged down in, you know, it's like we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Like you get bogged down with the, the 40 people that, that you have in that your pipeline or whatever, 50, 60, and, that, and, and you're spending time calling those. When you do, you know you got 10 that are that are scorching hot.
1: Yeah. And, you know, psychologically, you know, here's the thing. If you sit there and say, well, hey, I'm going to sell 20 cars this month. And on the 15th of the month, you've got five cars out. How could you possibly sit there psychologically? How could you possibly sit there? And I've only sold five cars in the the first 15 days. That means I'm going to end my month. I'm going to trend my month at 10 how am i going to sell 15 more cars in 15 days so now you start getting down on yourself and you start getting bummed out and you sit there at the at the desk and don't do anything or you're negative or you know you get involved with a six-car club and, and you all talk about how slow it is or how the traffic sucks or how the bad the ups are and all that bs stuff so now if you sit there and hey i just need to sell one car today and you skip it you skip a day and you don't sell a car but all of a sudden on tuesday you sell a car in the morning now, now you're sitting there hyped on yourself, it's like, oh gosh, you know, I can make up for yesterday. I got eight more hours. I got six more hours to sell another car. And now, psychologically, you're okay. Well, I'm good, you know, and you know, and at the end of the week, okay, let's say you blink the entire six days that you work on a typical six day work week. Let's say you blinked on all six days. Now you can sit there and say, well, that week stank, stunk. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna focus on come on Monday and just do one, one more. And next thing you know, you got three or four or five out that month, you know, or for that week. And it's it's made it's made up for that stuff, and that's that's what I do a lot is is I don't focus. You know, I I had a planned trip that I was gone for eight days, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm stressing out with my wife a little bit. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gone eight days. Um, November's a short month. December's a short month, and next thing you know. I'm, I, I sell like 15 cars in one week or something stupid like that. And I, and I sold, you know, I only worked 20 days and I sold 31 cars and I took four Corvette orders. So, so really I sold 35 cars, delivered 31 and you know, there, and, and there you go. You know, I, I was gone eight days and that's what I did. And it's just, it's just amazing. And even, even with the numbers that I put up every month and, and what I do and I'm consistent and I have confidence which is always the biggest thing and having that confidence. I don't ever stress out about it because I just know that I just need to sell that one car, and just get on a roll, and and be
0: fine. Where where does that where does that confidence come from? Because I think that's something that a
2: lot of people struggle with. Yeah, confidence, and also like when when somebody is feeling that, um, you know, if they are having a bad month, it's really easy to get discouraged, to get you know down. Like what what? How do you find to keep yourself motivated to keep yourself confident? Well,
1: well, let me use this analogy, you know, we're, you know, all three of us are married and, and uh, whatnot, I guess, Robert, you aren't, but yeah. the, the, um, but the, you know, when we're dating, when we're in the dating life, you know, and we're out at a bar or at a, you know, at a club or, or, or meet somebody in the grocery store or whatever the case may be, you walk up to somebody and they keep their head down and They're like, huh, yeah, you know, they're not making good conversation, you know, and you did get that person's phone number, you kind of probably walk away and like, ah, I'm not going to call them. However, <laughs> confidence is sexy, so if you are on the lot and you just have confidence and you know that the way you do a welcome to that customer on the lot, it's good, it's strong, it's solid, and you say, welcome to the ABC dealership, what brings you in today or whatever, other, whatever else you want to say, now that's a strong one, what's that customer going to think on the other side? They're going to th- about, like, wow, this guy really cares about me. So coming back to that confidence, I know psychologically that I've got to have confidence when I go to a customer. It's just like, you know, just like, you know, I'm a huge Cubs fan. We got swept by the Mets, you know. So so now, you know, we got swept. But you know what? Next year they're going to have confidence because they look at the past that they've done. They know they've done a great job in the past. So now they can come back next year and be like, you know what? We just kind of messed up one week of the of the year and that's it so now what can we build on that so that's the key is is to build on your confidence and not not be negative and not be down and not get in that six car club and just sit there and know that you can do it because you've done it before even if you're new in the business um you know that third month i always tell this to everybody that third month when you're new in the business you always fail you always fail that third month it's, it's never it's never it's so historical that 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 it happens i watch awesome. it all the time And the reason we fail is because our confidence level is so high that we start skipping steps to the sale. And we start skipping that and skipping that thing. And nobody, no seasoned salesman or any salesman that's been in the business for two years even wants to talk about steps to the sale. But it's so important to do it and do it correctly and do it with confidence because that's what starts your Sales process from the get go is the steps of the sale and does it correctly, but that's where that confidence comes from is just just knowing that I've done it in the past, I can do it again and and not and not get uh, and not get uh, uh, diverted to you know having any negative thoughts. Very
0: and do, and do you have a ritual or anything that you do that kind of keeps you in that frame of mind, or is it just kind of the reflection of? This is what I got to do. I'm going to keep improving. And by all means, take that if it's a live Corvette call because we would love <laughs> to.
1: I'm in, I'm in somebody else's office. Uh, the, right. uh, yeah, his know, office no, would really be have, too busy. It is. Um, I don't really have a ritual. Uh, I'm, I'm a superstitious person um, on, on some stuff. Uh, you know, I posted last Friday, Hey, I want to sell five cars. Not I need to sell five cars. Not that I have to sell five cars. I just want to sell five cars. I figured if I can sell five cars between Friday and Saturday of last week now, which was the 30th and 31st uh, of October, if I can sell five cars that ends my month at 34 and I work 20 days, you know? So, so I'm like, well, if I can do that and then dummy me, I post it, And it was a great post, a lot of engagement. It was a funny post. It was about blinker fluid and all this stuff, and it was so hilarious um, that I didn't sell a car that whole day. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) So at the end of the day… Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the heck was I doing? I know better than to post how many cars I want or need to sell. I know better than that. So that's kind of my, my ritual. I really don't have one, but I just know better than posting how many cars I want to sell or need to sell. And then I come back in on Saturday. Okay, now I had an off day. I didn't sell a car. I had some stupid people that I talked to um, on the lot and stuff like that. So I was like, Yeah, oh well, gosh, my day sucked yesterday. But I came back in Saturday morning just knowing that I have to have confidence, i got to do it and whatnot. And how I started my Saturday off is I sold a car overnight. Um, after 9 o'clock on, on Friday, I sold a car uh, to a guy who was coming in at 9.15 the next morning. So um, coming to find out, the truck that I sold him, a used truck, uh, was not going to fit all his wants and needs. I forgot to look fit the rear end differential on this truck, and it wasn't going to allow him to pull what he pulls. So I had to stop the sale go backwards and find a new truck for him to sell and bump him in price. And I did. And and the reason I did that is because of confidence, okay? I know my job. I know it well. And, and go back to what I always tell people. You know, if you walk into a doctor's office, I love analogies, by the way. You walk into a doctor's office and the doctor says, hey, you need your kidney put out or your t- kidney taken out, I think. Are you going to let that doctor operate you on you? <laughs> Heck no. I'm not going to let you. Th- I think that's what needs to be done. You know, you said doctor comes in and say, listen, this is what we need to do. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to, you know, we're going to do this and this and this, and this will be your recovery time. When he spells that all out, now you have confidence as a patient to sit there and say, okay, no problem. Let's get this done. I want to feel better.
0: Same thing.
2: And, and it's funny, another one that I hear about that just the other day that I like is with, with Muhammad Ali, like technically by stats, if you broke it down, he isn't like statistically the best boxer, the greatest of all time, but everybody always says him, even if they never even watched him, because he said it all the time. You know, not saying you have to go around saying you're great, but like he drilled down that, hey, I'm the greatest, that's me. You know, and and
1: I do that to a point. I mean, everything I do, I put on number one. You know, I, I'm not number one in every category. I'm not number one every single month in sales. But you know, that confidence when you when you extrude that onto your client, you know, your your customers want to buy from successful people, regardless if they're a 380 credit score or an 850 credit score or the highest one that you've ever seen. You know, your comfort, your customers want to buy with somebody with confidence and know that they're doing the right thing. My customer I talked about on Saturday. He asked me at 8 o'clock in the morning when he called me right before our sales meeting on Saturday. He says, Mike, is this the right thing to do? And I said, yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Okay, now take for granted, I got into that deal about an hour later, and I sat there, and I found out that this was not the right thing to do. I, he, it had a wrong rear end. He, he pulls 9,500 pounds, and this truck that I was going to sell him, towing capacity is 6,600 pounds. So I stopped the deal, even though he asked me an hour before and sat there, and, and I told him, yes, it's the right thing to do. Do this. Now, now I've got to back backpedal some, and because I made a mistake by not checking. But the customer had confidence in me, even though I made a mistake, which could have been a very costly mistake if I didn't catch that, catch that after I had his driver's license, insurance card, everything. Um, that's how far into the truck deal I was. But he still had confidence in me because he trusted me. It was a previous customer, but he knew it was the right thing. That he knew I was on his side and what I'm helping with. So that's, that's always the key thing as well is know your product also. And that helps you get through the slumps. Yeah.
2: Because then you look like the pro a, you are showing interest in them. You're looking around, you're trying to find him what's, what's best for him. Definitely. So I I have a video, I have a video on YouTube that I did that I did last year.
1: And it was right about this time. And, uh, and I'll put the link, we'll put the link down in the, in the description of this too. But it's, you need to watch it. It's, 20, it's 22 minutes long. It's a very long video based off of what we we're used to watching on YouTube at two and three minutes. But it's worth it because I go through what we don't want to go through and that's the steps of the sale. But I explain each one of my steps of the sale that I do on a daily basis and what happens if someone comes in and throws your keys to you on a trade-in and, and you just meet them and say, hey, what's my car worth? You know, mm-hmm. Because again, when we're in a slump, that's the type of things that happen, and then you're like, "Well, this guy, this guy, this guy's just going to dealer to dealer to dealer. He doesn't care about me. He just cares about the lowest price." And that's not the truth. That's not truth. You look at NADA statistics. You look at all the all the information that you know. And I, I go to digital dealer and all these other things that I that I go to to get information, which makes me deadly with the customers. We know customers are shopping. You know, twenty five different resources online. They're coming to less than two dealerships before they make a purchase. So if they're coming to the dealership. They're ready to buy right now. And that's and that's the thing you need to know, too, that when you have somebody live on your lot, they're ready to buy right now.
0: Okay, and you, you've said something that kind of stood out to me. You were talking about how you sold a car overnight. It was like nine not, after 9 p.m. in the evening. Uh, how, how do you feel that contributes to uh, overcoming the slumps? I mean, the, the fact that I guess you're always open, is that... Is that right, or is there typically a cutoff, or is it situation, you know, situational?
2: Well, they never shut the it, doors if you got customers on the showroom, so that's probably what happened, right, Mike? Just yeah, eight. I mean, walk
0: into walk into Best Buy at eight
1: forty-five at night and see what happens. You know, ten minutes later, ten minutes later, they're paging you, to get your stuff and get out. You know, walk in walk into the dealership five minutes after nine p.m. when you closed five minutes ago and see what happens. You're getting sold a car. You know, and you're there till midnight. So. <laughs> So, you know, again, 16 years coming up in January in this industry. And one thing I've always taught myself and and what I've learned is be available because there's a million reasons why somebody doesn't buy a car. And there's one reason why they do buy a car, and that's because they got closed. That's the only reason somebody ever buys a car. Price doesn't sell. Price doesn't sell cars. Dealership doesn't sell cars. The product doesn't sell cars. The fact that you can close the customer is why they bought a car. And so if I'm always available and literally the only time that I typically will not answer a phone is when I'm sleeping. I mean, I literally, I'm I'm a pretty heavy sleeper and my phone's right next to me. If I don't hear it go off, then I I won't get up. But if I were to hear that phone get off, I promise you at three o'clock in the morning, if somebody calls me and wants to talk about a car deal, I'll answer. (laughs) It, It
0: happened
1: while I was in, it happened while I was in Vegas, actually, you know, I had, I had a, I had someone call me at, at uh, one one a.m. Uh, Vegas time, if I remember right, and uh, they're like, Why? "Oh no, they text they text me. Um, they text me, and uh, I, I, my very first my very first message Yes, 'Yes, I'm up. I'm not a robot. This is the Mike Davenport that you're thinking you're texting. I can do what you know.' And he's asking me what what if he can do certain things, uh, and I'm still working that deal. But there was a deal that you know at one o'clock Vegas time, which would have been four a.m. East Coast time, that I was up and available.
0: Okay so if I had to recap this just to kind of wind it down because there's a lot of there's a lot of power bombs here. The first one is when you hit that slump, I mean ultimately the first thing is mindset just maintain confidence know that you're gonna come back out of the gate swinging. The second thing you said that really stood out to me is that you ramp up your activity the more the more output the more input you get. Um, you talked about social media, some of the different activities so hitting social uh, like a like a madman emailing clients you also mentioned a top 10 list and writing down your your top 10 you know I guess hottest prospects and then you know this concept of you're you're always available making yourself always available in in closing Mike is there anything that you would uh, suggest further to sum up everything that we've talked about today
1: absolutely stick to the basics you got to stick to your steps of the sale it doesn't matter if you are a three-step sale store or an eight-step like i do 10 12 a million you've got to stick to the basics because when when someone comes in because it always happens and i said it earlier when someone comes in and your step five is trade evaluation and that you just meet them on a the lot like i want to know what my trade's worth you've got to know in the back of your head like tell a person no problem i can get that done but in the back of your head it's like crap he just came to step five and i haven't even barely done step one yet take his keys, go to the manager, drop the car off with the, with the, <laughs> with the manager and, and go back out and say, Hey, look, there's a couple in front of you, by the way, my name's Mike Davenport. What brings you in today? You know, and start going through your step process. Hey, there's still going to be a couple of minutes. Let, let me pull this car up and I'll show it to you. Let's drive it. And then come back to the, to the demo ride. The reason they're, the reason that that customer is doing something like that is because they probably got jacked around at another dealership and you've got to show your professionalism and stick to the steps of the sale because that's, what's going to sell you more cars and get you out of that slump.
0: Love it. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: You're welcome guys. Thanks. Thank you, Michael.
0: And there you have it. Mr. Mike Davenport, the Louisville Chevy dude. Come on, man. All I can say is freak of nature. He's selling 35 cars, and he was out of the store for a week going to a conference. That's beyond incredible to me. So those of you listening in need to definitely follow him if you haven't already done so. He's on Twitter and Facebook because, I mean – Mike's just full of information, just like what you heard on today's episode. So I know you will benefit guys. That's it for me. I want to thank you so much for checking out the dealer playbook podcast. I mean, whether you're a veteran listener or you're new to the show, Robert and I are just extremely grateful for you and hope you continue to um, you know, get loads of value out of what we're doing here on DPB. Don't forget to reserve your seat for the upcoming webinar, though, man. If you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate and excited about it. Visit www.thedealerplaybook.com forward slash webinar. And as always, man, we'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us a review on iTunes at www.thedealerplaybook.com forward slash DPB dash iTunes. You guys are awesome. Have a powerful week and don't forget to dominate.